Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a decomposing jack-o'-lantern to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the gambler's fallacy, also known as the Monte Carlo fallacy. Can I just congratulate you on decomposing jack lantern Why have we never thought of that before? <laughs> That's exactly what he looks like, isn't it? He's been that colour all along. Yeah. And that kind of collapsing wrinkly it's, yeah it's one that's been sat outside for a few days yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's starting to leak yeah yeah and you're thinking i'm gonna have to pick that up at some point yeah. and move it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I thought about it a while ago but you know October. It's, yeah it's yeah. the time so it's the time i, I kept to, it uh, for now yeah, yeah. To wheel that one out nice yeah so <laughs> tell, tell us about the gambler's fallacy yeah the gambler's fallacy is when people get confused about whether stuff that's happened in the past is likely to influence stuff that's going to happen. Right. And they do it in a very in a specific way where basically you've got something that is happening and continues to happen. Mm-hmm. And it may be a trend, it may be something that is connected, or it may be independent events like flipping a coin and getting heads each right. time. Yeah. And the fantasy comes when people assume that because it's happened so many times in a row or has hap- been happening for a while it's yeah. due the opposite right. so you get you get like five heads in a row they yeah. think somehow tails is due are more yeah. likely to happen yeah yeah so all the smart money yeah in inverted commas would therefore bet on tails yeah it At comes yeah. from a fundamental misunderstanding of the regression to the mean right because rare events happen but Less rare events, by definition, happen yeah. a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more often. Yeah. And so where you get anything that has any possibility for variation, things like coin flips. Over a huge right. number of coin flips, you will get roughly half and half heads and tails if it's a fair coin. Yeah. In that, you will also get lots of clumps of lots of heads in a row, lots of tails in a row, yeah. and things like that. But... Where the confusion comes, and what leads to this fallacy, is people feeling like that is somehow kind of a universal force that's making it, it work right. out as yeah, 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 yeah. as half yeah. and half. And so if you have some heads in a row, then you have to have also then some tails to, to balance it out. Balance Otherwise, it, it out. won't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you won't get the, you won't get the average yeah. that we're all expecting. Yeah. Well, you... Well, you will. It's just happening over a lot more coin tosses exactly. than you're expecting yeah. it to happen. And that's the yeah. thing is that, that people, when they spot a pattern, when they spot something unusual, like a string of heads in, in coin flips, they are starting from that point and going, oh, well, we've just had lots of heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we must yeah. have then some tails to balance it out because otherwise this would be weird. But what yeah. they're ignoring is there might have been a string of tails just... You know, just prior to that, yeah, exactly. Just coming they're... in to watch that little bit, yeah. yeah. Up until that point, person's and... been flipping it and 
Yeah. And even, and there will even be many, then, many more in the yeah, future. Even then, if there was a string of equivalent tales five years ago, or yeah. will be 20 years in the future with that yeah. coin, it yeah. doesn't, you know, they, that's how it all balances out is over a long period of time with lots and lots of iterations of the thing. Yeah. And, it, and it happens because the odds are 50 50. It right. doesn't. It yeah. doesn't happen so that the odds can be 50-50. 50-50, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it lands on his edge. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Rarely. Very rare yeah. that happens. Very but, rare yeah. that happens, yeah. but it does. Um, and also, the underlying trend is that it's still, well, it's not a trend, it's still completely random Yes. which yeah. one will come up. Yeah, it, no matter it, how many times one yeah. thing has happened... If it's an independent result like a coin flip, it doesn't change yeah. the, the the probability it's exactly, of, yeah. of which it way it always will resets next. to zero each yeah. time. Yeah, otherwise you know you're employing the infinite improbability drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So fundamentally, this is people misunderstanding that it's right. either confusing independent variables for something that is dependent that that has an effect on what will happen next, or it's seeing a trend and assuming well it has to end at some point yeah. which is arguably true in many cases yeah and therefore assuming that that end must be imminent right. because this trend has been going on a while and it, and so it's it's people getting itchy in a in a yeah. monte carlo setting and going right i've got to assume that the other one's going to come up assuming that one outcome is due because it hasn't happened for a while yeah and then yeah. putting all which your money on that. that. Yeah, no, which is, is no, <laughs> and it's how casinos make their money. Well, that's how most casinos make, yeah. make their money. If you're Trump and you own a casino, yeah. you somehow manage to make it go bankrupt. And I think we got we have some insight in our first example as to how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is Trump talking about his misunderstanding of the trade deficit that America has with China. But with China. We're at $375 billion trade deficit. So we started a process, and we'll see how it ends up. But we're going to win. You know, I always said uh, we had a, an imbalance of $504 billion. And I always said, when you're down $504 billion, you can't lose. That's not true. No. You can absolutely lose. Yeah, and, it was, and that truth was, <laughs> uh, was held, held, held to be true. Yeah. Yeah. That... The the idea, the theory here that he seems to be suggesting, and and kind of it's borne out by because he's talked about this so many times yeah. and he's tweeted about it. Um, it's borne out by by his general talking about it. It seems to be we have been losing for so long and we've lost so badly yeah. that essentially the only way is up. Yeah. The only thing we can do now is improve, yeah. which is not the case. <laughs> you can also get worse. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, because there's there's no karma you know the universe isn't no. looking out for you there isn't a guarantee just because you've lost all that money and that you've got this big trade deficit you know spoiler alert it, it wasn't a trade deficit it was or no. it wasn't a problem I mean, it was, it's it was a trade a deficit but yeah but, yeah but trade deficits aren't inherently bad. bad it just yeah. means you're buying more stuff from that country than yeah. they're buying from yes you. yeah and it you know and we talked about that many a time and all yeah. all everybody has spoken to Trump about that this is nothing to worry about yeah and, uh, yeah he thinks that it is the US losing money yeah. somehow yeah and also 
by extension, once he becomes president, that's his money. That's his money. So he's losing. <laughs> so he feels it personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got money. If he's got, got dollar signs attached to it, then it's his. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, just because it's really bad, doesn't mean it's going to get better. <laughs> you know, it's not true. The Professor Brian Cox with your song, things can only get better. No, things can yeah. get a lot worse. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just random. It doesn't get reset. It doesn't kind of go, oh yeah, we're owed a good turn now. Yeah, doesn't work like that. Do you know what that is? That's a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So our second example is yep. from Trump's interview with Chris Wallace, and Chris Wallace played a few clips of Trump talking about how coronavirus was just going to go away. You said at one point it's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control, it's uh, going to be just fine. When you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh, that's a pretty good job we've done. I think we're going to be very good with the coronavirus. I think that at some point, uh, that's going to sort of just disappear, I hope. I'll be right eventually. (laughs) I will be right eventually. You know, I said, it's going to disappear. I'll say it again. It's going to disappear. And I'll be right. I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. You know why it doesn't describe? Because I've been right probably more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so he reckons that yeah. although he's been wrong every single time yeah. when he said it's just going to go away. And at this point, there were 64,600 new cases every day in the US. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was still saying, yeah, it's just going to go away. It'll go away. Like, yeah. by, by magic, basically. Mm. And his theory is that although he's been wrong every single time, at some point, if he keeps doing it, yeah. he's going to be right. Yeah. So might as well just keep saying it. Yeah. <laughs> until yeah, yeah. the trend ends of you being wrong every time. And then we can forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Because as we all know, a right outweighs several <laughs> thousand wrongs. Yeah, I'll just keep saying it until I'm proved right. <laughs> and at which point everyone will forget how shit I was. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and our final example is kind of similar, yeah. and it's his take on climate change right. and whether it is in fact man-made. I think something's happening, something's changing, and it'll change back again. I don't think it's a hoax. I think there's probably a difference, but it, I don't know that it's man-made. So he says it's changed. You know, there's clearly mm-hmm. a change because yeah. you know he obviously he listens to the science, so yeah, he knows. But, yeah, yeah, he knows. He knows but, science. Yeah, yeah. Many uh, he has a, can't believe how much he, he knows. He has a, a yeah. natural instinct for science. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it'll change back. So Right. Yeah. The fact that it's been... Yeah. The trend has been warming for all this time. Yeah. Um, we understand why and we know the reasons and we haven't done enough about it yeah. to stop that. Yeah. It'll just change back, you know. It'll be fine. It's gonna, at some point, basically, and the assumption embedded in there is it'll change back soon enough that it won't seriously negatively impact humanity what yeah, trump yeah. is claiming essentially is that we don't need to do you know mm. be part of the paris accord we don't need to do all these things because yeah, it's not gonna because yeah it's just yeah. it's just it'll change back and he said yeah. around that period time period he was saying he did a interview with the associated press where he said yeah it just it, you know climate just goes back and forth doesn't it yeah basically so yeah. you know goes, yeah it's it just one of those cold, it gets warm <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. it'll be fine yeah, so you, know, you go to Florida, it's warm. You go to Alaska, it's cold. You yeah, know, it'll change. And 
Now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, we've had a hectic day today in British <laughs> politics. It's Thursday, the 20th of October. So I thought I'd, in a callback to when we had our guest presenter, Chris, who, who talked in, a, in general about the entirety of the invention of the Premier League as an example of the politician's fallacy, which was to kind of identify a problem and then fix it in the wrong way. Something must be done. Something must be done. This is something. So so, so we should do that. Yeah, and that was his invocation. So I'm going to invoke the whole of the Tory party, the entirety of Conservative Party politics as an example of the gambler's fallacy. Insofar as they're in a continuous cycle of changing tack, they always believe that the other numbers will come up and thus back that other position. They... They hedge their bets because what they, whatever is current, in order to be successful next time, any minute now, things will have to change. So they're saying this current status is is not going to succeed anymore because it's been going on too long. Something is bound to be different. So what we should do is bet on the different thing yeah. because that, will be the, where the successful money is. And then they flip back the other way sometime later after that position has been not so successful, maybe, in order to <laughs> yeah, guarantee success. It, when it, it doesn't never get to turns be out to be successful. No, <laughs> That's the problem. because they always flip it back. No, it doesn't, because the, as soon as you do, the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Or they, or you start to suspect that your grass is turning brown. They never think, ah, perhaps it's us. Perhaps it's just us as a whole. Or perhaps it's that we've got two warring factions within our party that we keep having to appease one way or the other, and neither of them will work. Only two? Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But And also, what I've noticed of, of late is that as with any addictive cycle, the high that is sought isn't as high each time. And so the gaps between <laughs> tack changing fixes seem to get smaller. Oh, that's so that, why we're, we're getting people in getting, power for just a exactly. month. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just a scintilla of an iota. Yeah, because, so let me cast your mind back to 2016 and the Brexit referendum. The position adopted by Boris was let's back leave because that's the opposite of what we got and will guarantee success for the country and thus the party and him personally. So he went around promoting that change was better, manufacturing everyone to follow his use of the gambler's fallacy because he's going, we can't have all of this. We can't have it remaining the the status quo. We can't do what Cameron wants which is to just let's just keep it how as it is. So he manufactured that whole. Well, change will be better. Change isn't necessarily change is always for the better. No, it's not. It's not always. So they stirred up this notion that well, it's going to change, and we ought to be behind the change. So um, Cameron resigned because leave one and Remainer, that status quo Cameron lost and resigned, and Theresa May became leader. And then Boris came in with even more change will do us good. So we were leaving the EU 
but we weren't leaving in a leavey enough way. It wasn't enough leaving under Theresa May because she proposed this withdrawal agreement, but it wasn't it wasn't leavey enough. In so, although it it was, we were now in a different. We're on. We've chosen the other number. We've chosen the tails. So and now tails is being flipped, but it's not taily enough. So that's where Boris got angry about Theresa May, who eventually got ousted because her withdrawal agreement was insufficient for the hard right to go with because it contained continuity thoughts, continuing flipping the heads, if you like, about remaining in a single custom territory which maintained the free trade between EU and the UK for a transitionary period because that would sort out the problem of a hard border between Northern Ireland, which is in the UK, and the Republic of Ireland, which is in the EU. But that wasn't enough. So it's too much of the same as before to be a successful strategy. So in 2019, Boris was the Get Brexit Done candidate and he brought fresh new ideas. We've got some Brexit done, but it hasn't been done enough. Now I'm going to get it done. And with an oven-ready deal, which was actually just the reheated version of Mays, and then actually no deal whatsoever. Angela Merkel described it as a, a scheisser krieg <laughs> about the hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic. And then, of course, Boris continued to be Prime Minister for a while, and then... That's a good... Well, that's a, that's a very generous way of describing yeah. that period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And then, he, and then he kind of... But then he fucked it up by becoming a convicted liar and a cheat and a criminal, and all of those true, and uh, still not listening sufficiently to the right-wing needs, which were mediated through Dominic Cummings, because he fired him. So there was a backlash against that, and... And, the, and after many, many instances involving parties and rule bending for mates and dodgy financial deals for mates during the pandemic, Boris was eventually forced out for bringing the party into dis- disrepute. And they're saying, right, we've got to change and go the other way. And at one point, actually, what's interesting is the use of the gambling analogy in the way they talked about that. So in December 15th, 2021, Wes Streeting went on to, I think it was Newsnight on the BBC, and he described Boris thus. The way in which the the Prime Minister has not just undermined himself, but undermined public trust and confidence in public health measures at a critical time, I think your voters will start making judgments about your judgment and your party. And okay. in the end, Boris Johnson, as a bad brand, is a busted okay. flush. He's been found out. So he's a, he's a busted flush. So there, there you go. It's that kind of, I guess that's a poker term. Um, the busted flush analogy is just that you've got a number of one suit and you're waiting, you're hoping that one of the remaining cards that's going to come out and be on the table is the same suit so that it will complete your flush. Yeah. And when the, the last card is out the river card and it isn't that you've yeah. got a busted flush and you've basically got a useless hand if you haven't yeah got yeah, yeah anything yeah. else so i've forgotten which flip we're on but we're but eventually boris went so that was 7th of july 2022 so it took a while between the busted flush of december and july for him to go mainly because 
eventually the party betted on it being better that he went than stayed. So they kind of went, yeah, yeah. So in order to force that, they kind of went, let's everybody resign. And that was another brilliant day. I think we broadcast that day too, um, where 50-odd members of parliament resigned in order to make him go or in order to make him see that he ought to go. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to. Um, and, you know, he's done nothing but go ever since. I mean, he's still on holiday now. He's a, The parliament is sitting. He's an active MP. He, he's no is longer he? PM. I didn't yeah. even realise that. Yeah, he's MP. <laughs> he, he was... My mum's local MP, but uh, well, I don't know why I took didn't over. It. From... I think it's just the fact yeah. that we haven't seen anything from him since, yeah. since like yeah. while he was still prime minister, he fucked off, and then that was it. No, no, he's a he's a MP. Yeah, <laughs> he's you know, it's, yes, he's operating from the Caribbean at the moment. Wow. People talk about a reset as well in in politics, and I think that has analogies with the. Coming into the the number of coins being flipped, okay. So we're going to go back to let's go to, to back to the beginning of flipping of the coins. Yeah, we'll just draw a line under the ones we've done so far, and then, yeah, yeah, then and then start. we'll say yeah. we'll start again. So we won't have any expectation of which ones are going to come uh -huh. up. We'll just start from now, and yeah. then and then you flip three heads in a row and you go, oh, it's bound to be tails next. <laughs> let's all move to tails. Yeah. So where do you want to put your money? I want to put my money on tails. Yeah. But the problem was in. The leadership contest, the two candidates were more of the same old status quo economic responsibility candidate, Rishi Sunak, and Liz Truss, who was the change candidate. Let's not have status quo. Let's have unregulated growth, growth, growth. And campaigns from Nadine Dorries and Jacob Rees-Mogg said that everybody ought to bet on trust because that's all about change and we should go there because that's where the success will lie. Consequently, after their campaign, uh, the, the party and the media puts all their bets on trust. So they're going, right, OK, here we go. Let's all gamble on that because that will be great. And you know, things like, at last, the proper Tory budget. And then, of course, we got on the 23rd of September the proper Tory budget and the economy tanked, just as old status quo economic responsible Sunak said it would, exactly as he said it would. So then on the 14th of October, Kwarteng was out and Hunt was in. So we're back to the other way because they all bet on the markets reacting favourably to those proposals put forward by Kwarteng and Trust being reversed by Hunt. Yeah, and Hunt was one of the first out in the original leadership race well not yeah. the original lead the the one that that liz got in on yeah yeah and because his his economic model was apparently unacceptable at that point yeah but yeah yeah but then she was like oh yeah okay i've fucked yeah, up you need to come yeah. and, and do actually, this and it's, and it's she soon acts one yeah part yeah, of is, the, the uh part from the windfall tax on the you know the billionaire Mm. What was it that first attracted you to the billionaire donor BP? And now here we are, not even a week later, 20th of October, right now, today, and the betting has gone back the other way. We've now got to get rid of trust. It's not really out of any concern for the economic plight of the ordinary people, but from a real fear that the ordinary people would not vote them back in again ever because Labour is 36 points ahead in the opinion polls. So that that kind of... So it's got quicker and quicker and quicker. And the same 
uh, card game analogy popped up again on on October 16th. Lord Rose, the Tory peer and chairman of the Asda grocery store chain, described trust to the Financial Time as a busted flush. So Boris was the busted flush, got replaced with trust. Everybody kind of went, oh, OK, look, we flipped Boris. Boris's head has come up so often. It's really not yeah smart to continue to bet on him we'll all bet on somebody else and we should bet on trust and now trust is the busted flush and they're all betting on somebody I think else it's a better analogy for johnson mm-hmm. i don't think it's as right. great an analogy for for liz trust because a busted flush suggests that you had a hand that could turn into something good <laughs> yeah liz yeah. trust is is she's just had a fistful of cards. She's two seven off suit, is what yeah. is what she is going in. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and basically you've got very little chance of that becoming anything useful. So who will they bet on now? And if we if we go back to the gambler's fallacy, what we should be betting on is is the opposite of what's been turning up so far. Because that's <laughs> so someone competent. So, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also someone that won't incense the right wing of the party. They did really didn't like Jeremy Hunt coming back in. The impressive thing is, like the effect that Trump had on people's memory of W. Each time they do something, it makes you kind of look back with a bit of nostalgia yeah. for the yeah. for the shit show that was. Yeah, and, the and last when, time we got heads coming up in a row when yeah, Jeremy yeah. Hunt, yeah. who is. Awful, awful, yeah. awful person yeah. who, because he was the culture secretary, he regularly got spoonerized as yeah. as Jeremy Cunt, culture secretary. Yeah. And yet, when he was brought back in as chancellor, I feel like there was a sigh of relief from people. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's probably going to be okay. Jeremy Hunt's back. That's right. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? How bad <laughs> has it got that we're seeing these people and going... Yeah, they're much better than they're what we've currently got. Yeah, exactly. And that's and and it took Miriam Margulies, the kind of <laughs> cuddly actress who looks like Tom Baker has let himself go, to go on Radio Four and said, "Oh, yeah, I've just met Jeremy Hunt in the in the foyer out there." And he said, "I, I said to him, yeah, you've got a hell of a job there. Good luck." What I really wanted to say to him was, fuck you, you bastard, <laughs> live on air. Uh-huh. You know, it's brilliant. And they kind of went, oh, no. <laughs> and she knows full well yeah. she can get away with that. So do the, the producers, though. The produ- anyone yeah. who si- who gets Miriam Muggley's on a yeah. live show <laughs> yeah. is yeah. kind of hoping something like that's going to happen. Yeah, quite, yeah. <laughs> then they can pretend in a kind of pantomime way. Oh, we oh. shouldn't allow you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> since she went behind that door her time was running out billions blown off balance sheets every time she opened up her mouth seemed the markets can't be beat though they turned the screen to face her she never stopped to think how the others must see the faker She's much too thick to even blink. Changes, always playing games. Perhaps it should have been the Rishi man. 
David Bauer there, of course, with the most appropriate song for the moment, Changes. I was absolutely convinced we were going to get some Kenny Rogers for this episode, but there you go. We're just islands in a stream. No, The Gambler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was too many. It was The Changes that did it. Yeah, that and the line, um, perhaps it should have been The Rishi Man. Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that was my favourite bit. That was I wrote, wrote the entire thing around that. Yeah. Yeah. So in yeah, The Fallacy yeah. of the Wild, we like to talk about The Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from The World According to Garp. Oh, wow. The yep. 80s adaptation with Robin Williams of the John Irving novel. Yep. And in this scene, Garp and his new wife are looking for a place to live. They're, they're looking around a house and a plane flies into the front of the house. And this is Garp's response. We'll take the house. Garp! Honey, honey, the chances of another plane hitting this house are astronomical. See, it's been pre-disastered. We're going to be safe here. <laughs> yeah. So, the idea there that because a plane yeah. has already smashed into this house, that that's not going to that can't now yep. happen again. Because that would exactly. the chances of that happening twice to the same house yeah. are astronomical. Yeah. Because that, um, yeah. <laughs> lightning yeah. never strikes twice. Yeah. Except it does. Except it does frequently, yeah. yeah. It's misunderstanding the independence of those events. There's a joke which I was absolutely convinced I would find an example of someone saying in a film or a TV show or something, but right. couldn't. Where a statistician says that that when they go on a plane, they always take a bomb with them. Right. Because the chances of there being two bombs on the same plane oh. are astronomical. Mm. Well, the chances of that. So, yeah. so if they yeah. have a bomb, they'll never get blown up on a plane. Exactly. And of course, the joke is that the fact that he has a bomb doesn't actually have any impact on the odds of someone else also having a bomb. Uh, so, our second example comes from The Simpsons, and this is the beginning of an episode, and it is a kind of fantasy sequence where Seymour Skinner is playing with his army men, and this is kind of what's going on in his head. Something's coming, Sarge. Something big. Stay strong, man. The United States is due to win a war sometime. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 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 So, again, the idea that an event is due because it hasn't happened for a while ignores the fact that these events are independent from each other and, what, and, yeah. and the fact that it has gone one way multiple times does not actually impact yeah. the way it's going to happen next. Do you think his comment there informs US military strategy? Let's just keep having some wars. We're going to win one at some point. We'll do one. It's, it's very possible. But a possibly even clearer example of exactly this mm -hmm. comes from the Marx Brothers film, A Night in Casablanca. Yeah. Uh, this is a scene where Harpo has put some money on the number five in roulette and it came up and he left it on there to have another go. Encore, number five, repeats again. My assistant will carry it to the cashier, monsieur. You mean you want to bet them all again on number five? Oh, no, Rusty, no. Hey, you crazy. You lose that money. We got to save something for a rainy day. Ah, gambling, eh? Monsieur Conglot, this gentleman has won twice on number five, and he wants to bet them all again. Well, that's his hard luck. But, Monsieur Conglot, it is far over the limit. If he wins, he will break the bank. Who cares about the bank? I'm running a hotel. You idiot, the bank is the hotel. Keep your medals on, fat boy. 
You know what the odds are against a number repeating three times? <laughs> Never mind the odds. I've seen it happen before. And if it does, it will break the bank. Not if I roll the wheel. You sure you want to go through with this? Okay. Stop that wheel. Sorry, Monsieur Galou. The play has started. Three times in a row. What a sucker. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> the richest sucker in Casablanca. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Because that works really well on radio, Harpo Marx. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. doing doing <laughs> absolutely brilliant mimes. Okay, yeah. When he says we're supposed to be saving it for a rainy yeah. day, he just kind of pulls out a massive umbrella out of his, yeah. uh, his uh, raincoat. His raincoat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yes, it does lose something with Harpo, but what we do get is Groucho saying. Yeah. Let him bet. You know, he's the manager of the hotel where there's casino, and he's saying, you know, let him bet, because do you know what the odds are of a number coming up three times in a row? And the thing is, if you're starting out from before you've started rolling it and you're deciding to place your bet on number five three times in a row yeah, and just leave it there no matter what happens and expect to win three times, yes, the odds are astronomical. But he is saying it after five has already come up twice... Yeah, and so the odds at that point of a third five are exactly the same as it always is to get a five, yeah, which yeah. is about yeah. one in thirty-seven, because uh, it's a European casino. Uh, one in thirty-eight in America. They have triple, double naught or something. They have double, double, uh, double zero. Double. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, whereas European ones only have a single zero. There was a, an event in nineteen thirteen in Monte Carlo, and that's partly why this is also called the Monte Carlo fallacy, where uh, right. at the Monte Carlo casino. On August 18th, 1913, the roulette ball went in black numbers. Right. 26 times in a row. Wow. Yeah. Now, the odds against that happening, again, when you're starting from the beginning, are like millions to one. Yeah. But after the 25th time it's happened, the odds of it happening a 26th time are roughly 50% because you've got black, red, and the single zero. So each time... It isn't affected by the previous spins, but on this night, because it had come up black several times, by the time it had hit black ten times in a row, people were starting to put big amounts of money on red because they were absolutely convinced that red was due. It had to be red soon because it had been black so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they weren't... It's exactly the same, yeah, Yeah. as any other spin that night or any other night... Yeah. There's no reason for them to put a a bigger bet on. They should just put whatever bet they would normally put on because the odds are identical. But each time it came up black, people increased the amount of money they put on red because they became more and more convinced that red was due. Wow. And, red, and it was more likely to be red. And people lost enormous amounts of money <laughs> because they, yeah. were, they were just stacking their money. Like people were putting their life savings on red because, wow. because yeah. black had come up so frequently. Wow. And, and they assumed, yeah, they assumed that in order for the luck to balance out, in order for there to be an equal number of reds and blacks, red had to come up. And again, yeah, yep. eventually it does. Eventually yeah. you're going to get a red. But, but not because but, but there yeah, have not, been a lot of blacks. Yeah, just because it's a 50-50 chance each time. Because it might, yes. It also puts me in mind of Horse or Laminator on uh, uh, Taskmaster, <laughs> the one with where Joe Brand, they had to guess uh-huh. yeah. what Greg was holding, picture of a horse or a picture of a laminator, and Joe Brand managed to guess correctly. 13 times in a row, I think. <laughs> it was a lot. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. 
it does have real world effects, not just in, mm. in casinos. But there was a study called "Decision Making Under the Gambler's Fallacy" right. from 2016. These three researchers looked at a number of different groups of people who make decisions. One of them was asylum judges, so judges who who decide whether to accept applications for asylum in the US. What they found was that after granting asylum to one applicant, they were just slightly more likely to deny it to the next applicant. Ah. It's just it's like half a percentage point. Yeah. But yeah. it's statistically significant yeah. over over the number of kind of trials they did. Where basically the theory behind it was that these judges feel like, well, you know, I'm I'm not supposed to grant all of the applications and I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to deny them all. And yep. and even not necessarily consciously, they're like, well, I've just, you know, I've just granted one, so I also have to deny some. So yeah. so it makes yeah. it slightly more likely that they're going to deny, deny the next applicant, even though each applicant is potentially, you know, they're just as likely to be yeah. worthy of asylum and and each one is independent from the others. But But they saw these patterns. And it's possible that, the next applicant has exactly the same details in their yep. case as the previous one, but yep. it will get denied because there's this sense that I ought to go the other way now. Yep. I can't do all of them like that they're because kind of, that would be yeah, a bad balancing thing. Balancing out their own decision making. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. See, I've, see, I've worked it out that I'm just going to do the opposite of what I've been <laughs> doing before, because that's bound to work. Because uh-huh. it's, it's a hundred times in a row of doing it the way I've been doing doing it. It hasn't, hasn't worked out entirely in my favour. So I'm not going to chance it. So I'm just I'm going to do it differently. Right. That's bound to be successful. Now, interesting. I'm surprised this hasn't ever come up. Actually, we're 111 episodes in. No one has asked, and neither of you, about the likelihood of each number one, two, or three being the fake one, and how oh, okay. yeah, how yeah. that works. Because you yeah. might have a run of ones and think, well, it can't be yeah. one again. I don't know if you've ever I've considered. Never actually, it. thought that's that's where but I've been you going could, wrong. You could see. kind of like keep a tally and think, well, it's been it's been one for three weeks hey, in a row. It can't possibly yeah, be one again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to avoid that possibility, right from the very beginning, mm-hmm. I have been randomising it by using a, a a dice to choose which wow. of the three is the fake one. Ah, uh, yeah. But you so. see, once you get around the the fact that you've had thirty percent. Ones and thirty percent. I don't know if I have. I haven't checked. I just do ah, it randomly okay. without worrying about what the last one was. So if right. it's if it's now it's a hundred, it should be thirty three and a third each. Yes, theoretically. So, mm, so which would so. leave me with the dilemma as to kind of well, I haven't. It's obviously not going to be any of them because nothing's got to balance out. If if you go back through the archive and and find that actually it's like forty ones and. 52s and not very many, you know, not as many threes. You think, well, it's probably three. It's got to be three, isn't it? It's got to be three. Three's got to come up. It needs to catch up. Exactly. Because otherwise we won't get 33%. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hopefully somebody out there will do another (laughs) concordance of the show Uh and, and do that stuff. Yeah. 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 But yeah. no, I, I honestly, well cataloging I, all the songs. That <laughs> I, yeah. I haven't looked. I don't know how frequently each one has come up. I, I 
deliberately you, you, don't you randomize it. Yeah, I deliberately don't wow. consider which one it was last time. Or... That's never occurred to me. And yeah. now, now you now you're going to be wondering that has introduced. <laughs> The, it completely it's, it's irrational it uh-huh. is irrational because yeah. all it is is gut instinct and i'm going oh yeah which one's it going to be but but because yeah. we're just at the point now where they've all come up 33 and a third times <laughs> i don't there's know no way that. of knowing <laughs> <laughs> well i'm assuming that because Over, you don't know so oh, of course it once we do thousands of episodes then it will be roughly 33 and a third each but you know Maybe little, uh, it might be millions, but over, be over over just a hundred, I think randomness is too clumpy to right. be sure. <laughs> right, clumpy randomness. Anyway, I've got all their albums. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. week, right? It's actually not Trump quotes. I'm mixing it. Oh, up okay. Because Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker did a debate, mm-hmm. and it was Herschel Walker's best debate performance ever. Uh, it right. was. It's as far as I know, the only time he's ever debated anyone. He set expectations very low. <laughs> right. I mean, not just through his campaign and being generally <laughs> awful, but yeah. by literally saying in the run-up yeah. to, the, to the debate, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, Warnock's going to show up. Yeah, Warnock's yeah. going to show up to the debate and he's going to basically wipe the floor with me. Yeah. You know, he's a smart guy. I'm not very clever. So he was terrible, but <laughs> but... Did better than most people expected. Oh, oh okay. Because so because of yeah. the incredibly low expectations that he set for himself. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, he didn't fall over and shit himself. So, <laughs> right. as far as the right wing are concerned, he he absolutely smashed. He's a genius. It. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, these are some answers that he gave in right. the debate, and and one of them is is made up. Statement number one, this was in response to the question, what is one thing you would do about inflation? And the the moderator said, be specific. Right. He said, well, you have to blame Senator Warnock because, first of all, he and they have raised taxes. And third, he hasn't the energy independence. We were and now we aren't. And that has meant we have to go to our enemies for gas. So the one thing, the one job I would do about inflations is that – we got to be energy independent again so we can have the energy we need and that is too important to Georgia people to not have that. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. There's, a lot, there's many kind of, there's almost built-in U-turns in there. <laughs> <laughs> Inflations. That's so good. Not, no idea what inflation <laughs> is. No, so if it comes to pumping things up, yeah. We need some energy for that because, you know, some of those things are big and we don't want to be blowing them up ourselves. Okay. (laughs) Statement number two. Yeah. This was in response to the question, do you support federally mandated healthcare? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, right now people have coverage for healthcare. It's according to what type of coverage do you want? Because if you have an able-bodied job, you're going to have healthcare – but everyone else have healthcare is the type of healthcare you're going to get. And I think that is the problem. And what Senator Warnock wants you to do is depend on the government. What I want you to do is get off the government healthcare and get on the healthcare he's got. Okay. (laughs) Everyone else have healthcare is the type of healthcare you're going to get. I think that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh So we need to get off that healthcare and get on the other one that other people have. <laughs> have, have. Yeah. Yes. And statement number three. Right. 
This was a direct response to Senator Warnock talking about how he had voted to cap insulin prices in the Inflation Reduction Act and how Herschel Walker had said that he wouldn't have voted in that way. Um, He says, I believe in reducing insulin, but at the same time you've got to eat right because he may not know, and I know many people that's on insulin, and unless you have an eating right, insulin is doing you no good. So you have to get food prices down and you've got to get gas down so they can go get insulin and you continue to pat yourself on the back. But right now, families are starving right now. Families are hurting and they're hurting because of the bills and the laws you're passing. Well, he's got my vote. (laughs) (laughs) He is currently polling at almost exactly 50% against Senator Warnock. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. That's because he talks people's language. Yeah, they. he says it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says it like they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's got to be okay. a T-shirt. I like, I like Herschel Walker because he says it like horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we missed out on anti-growth coalition. Yeah, we should, yeah. have had, should have had one of them. Um, the uh, okay, so is this is it's just ridiculous. So, the the thing is, I've yeah, having for a hundred episodes, a uh, hundred times doing this, I know that you're very adept at picking up people's speech patterns and then turning them against me. So, but on that basis, see, I'm not, it's not, I'm not doing it any differently from what I usually do. <laughs> I'm just going, yeah, what was it last time of two? Right, it's worse three then. You know, that, uh, okay, so I'm see, I'm drawn to the ones I really like in the hope that they'll, I can hear him <laughs> say it, but uh, okay, but yeah, so which of the ones are archly aping his clumsy grasp of the English language. Okay. Mm, uh, mm, Inflations, plurals, might be the tell. He and they are he hasn't... There's enough kind of non-sequiturs and walking down blind alleys. Oh, no. Okay. I I think number three is the one that you made up. Okay, so of the other two, which are you more convinced by? Uh, I think I'm more convinced by the able-bodied job, number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And number the two? The one, yeah, is the one you made up. No. Is real. Is. Oh, what? And I've left in the example I'm going to play... There's like yeah. a couple of sentences more, but what I left it in for was the yeah. pause before the right. moderator responds to what he just said. Okay. <laughs> well, right now, uh, people have coverage for health care. It's according to what type of coverage do you want? Because if you have an able-bodied job, you're going to have health care. But everyone else have health care is the type of health care you're going to get. And I think that is the problem. And what Senator Warnock want you to do is depend on the government. 
What I want you to do is get off the government health care and get on the health care he's got to get you a better health care. So that's what I'm trying to do to make you independent rather than dependent. Thank you, Mr. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of, yeah, I can see the look yeah. on her face. Kind of, what? What? Wait a minute. Wait. And she's kind of waiting for the, mean, the meaning to catch uh-huh. up with the words. Failed, f- meaning failed to finish, did not finish. And uh, so she just went, okay, thank you. Stopped, have you? Um, right. Thank okay. you. Okay. It's just, um, yeah, yeah, that's, it's not an no, answer. No follow up questions, talk. no notes. That was a perfect I mean, answer. Yeah, <laughs> it, was ju- it was just, just listen to It's like listening to someone speak a foreign language. You just kind of, you hear them start, it gets to the yeah. end, and if they've stopped, you leave a pause to check they've stopped, and then you go, okay, thank you. The bit of that answer that makes grammatical sense. Yeah. Is the bit where he says, what Senator Warnock wants you to do is depend on the government. What I want you to do is get off government health care and get on the health care he's got. Talking about Senator Warnock, a senator who is on government health care. Because he's a fucking senator. So the the senators get health care that is part of Obamacare. It's part of one of the options that people can choose to go to to, on the ACA. Yeah. Because that's how that works. So suggesting, oh, yeah, yeah, get off the health care you've got, which is government health care, and get on good health care like senators get. Which is, which is government. The, the government yeah. health care, yeah. So. But, the, but, but so he's not, off, he's not saying, yeah, we should have a health care system that is better provided and fair to all. I mean, he's there not, isn't one. There he's isn't not one. saying anything approaching no. something as intelligent as that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just kind of going, well, he's a senator, so he must have health care. <laughs> And he go, yeah, he's got the stuff that Obama put in place yeah. and that Trump didn't couldn't find an alternative to. Also, the idea, he says, it, because if you have an able-bodied job, you're going to have health care. And let's yeah. stop there before we get on to the everyone yeah, have yeah, health care yeah. is the type of health care you're going to get. That's not true. Oh. 11% of families who have someone in full-time work don't yeah. have insurance. 7.5% of families with two adults in full-time work don't have insurance. That, wow. That, it's just yep. not true to say that, that if you have a job, essentially, you have insurance. Lots of jobs don't come with insurance. Mm. People with more than one job sometimes don't have insurance. Yep. Yep. I think it's over 15% of families where an adult is in part-time work don't have insurance. That's the point of yeah. universal health care. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a cover that, and eleven percent, seventeen percent is a huge. So he's wrong it, in at least two ways. Right there, yeah. before he even gets to, and more than sixty percent of it didn't make any sense at all. No, <laughs> everyone else else have health care is the type of health care you're going to get. Yeah. Okay. Is there a company called Everyone Else Have? <laughs> Mm, yeah, what what kind of healthcare have you got? I've got everyone else have. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I know them, and they're any good? Yeah, pretty good, quite cheap. Everyone else have. Yeah, no. So you also oh, thought Jesus number God. one was real? Yeah, I've, you see, uh, now we've had one that's right. I'm now <laughs> thinking that the next one isn't going to be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we, the, the we could stacked. We could have done this game from the beginning, like the Monty Hall problem. 
where you pick You're one right. and I yeah. open one of the doors and say, well, it's not this one. Do you want to change your mind? But we haven't done that. But yeah. that's a really another really good example of how terrible humans are at probability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the basis of the entire game shows. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. But Is people will fight the to the death yeah. claiming that it's a 50-50 chance once yeah. one of the options has been taken away. And they're yeah. wrong. Anyway, yeah. so you also think number one is real and number one is mm-hmm. fake news. Mm. I knew it. You see, should have given me the option to, op- to change the door. <laughs> nice. So. Well done. Yeah, it's a, the, it was the inflations that. The inflations, was yeah. Was both the tell but also the convincer. The one thing I yeah. included from another thing that he talked about was. Yeah. Going from first to third, missing out second, he said, "I you have to blame Senator Warnock because, first of all, they've raised taxes, and third, we haven't got yeah. energy independence. <laughs> that's because he's, he, doing, a, he's yeah. doing a gas-saving blockchain uh-huh. on the gearbox. Yeah, he, what, yeah. he did that yeah. in an yeah. answer that he gave about gun control. Right. And so what he said was something like, first, I won't consider anything that would affect anyone's second amendment rights and third so second was in there and it confused him oh that's excellent that's excellent like it's like occasionally when you're reading from a script and Uh and the same word occurs directly below the, the, yeah, the your line. brain just flips to the next yeah, line. Yeah, and you end up reading the same line again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his brain oh, was like, I've excellent. said first, I've said second. <laughs> that's I love that. That is great. Oh, that's, see, the one that got me, yeah, and also that that about turn at the end, that I really like. We can have the energy we need, and that is too important to George, two Georgia people to not have that. That's so good. But yeah. it's, just, it's perfect. You see, you can do it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so that means insulin is real. It means, yeah. Oh, my God. Three is real. Even better. Even better. I believe in reducing insulin, but at the same time, you got to eat right. Because he may not know, and I know many people that's on insulin, and unless you have a eating right, insulin is doing you no good. So you have to get food prices down, and you got to get gas down so they can go get insulin. And you continue to pat yourself on the back, but right now, families are starving. Right now, families are hurting, and they're hurting because of the bills and the laws you're passing right now. So it's actually not an answer about insulin. Quite like his argument about <laughs> you've got to get the food prices down because you you've got to you've got to eat right. I mean, because, that's you know that's the main problem. Is the is the suggestion that if you don't eat right, insulin isn't going to do any good because yeah. people have type one diabetes, which is not an eating thing. Yeah, sure. Eat healthily, by all means, yeah. but insulin is the thing you need. Yeah, if you have Whether you type eat healthily diabetes. or not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with eating. If, yeah, because you're eating the wrong things. Yeah, doesn't mean. And there are plenty of people with type two yeah. diabetes who, no matter how healthily they eat, they definitely will still need insulin. It do, yeah. it really it's and it. It doesn't work in the way that he's suggesting where, you know, you can like have the insulin, but if you're not eating right, it's no good. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. The ins- the capping insulin yeah. prices, which is which was part of the Inflation Reduction Act, which, you know, insulin is ridiculously cheap to produce and yeah. and was incredibly expensive to consumers and is now much, much more affordable. And it's a thing that people need so they don't die. So yeah. that's a good thing. 
and there isn't yeah. a good answer. He didn't. He, you know, he's coming into it at a disadvantage because he's being asked to, to defend why he wouldn't vote yeah. for a cap on insulin prices. There's no exactly. good response to that. No. So he's he's kind of so he's in compounding it by by conflating by, by misunderstanding food diabetes. And gas. By, yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. and then saying, "Oh, actually, you know, you also need to get food prices down." Sure. See, I thought he was going to go. You need to get food prices down, and you've got to get gas down so that you can go get food. Yeah. No, but he says so you can go because that's. That's what's stopping people from getting the insulin is because they can't afford the, the gas prices gas to, to go and get the, in his expensive. world, not capped yeah. price insulin. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ashamed that I thought that that was wrong, you <laughs> that you made that up because that's, yeah. I mean, they're, just all, that, they're all bad. They're all. So, they're all bad. They're all bad. I didn't even get into the answer <laughs> where he pulled out a fake police badge to prove oh, that yeah. he's a real police person. Yeah, and it was like the one that you get. See, I'm actually uh, a real member of the... I've got a, a passport that allows me to go to Tatooine yeah. because in the 70s I've got a, I've got a galactic passport uh-huh. that I can flash at passport control yeah. and it will get me to, you know, the Death Star. Yeah. That's, it's as real as his police badge. Yeah. I, I have a T-shirt yeah. that says I drank the world at Betty Burke's, which is a, a, a Aberdeen pub. I right. it isn't proof I literally drank the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I ran the world because I did a I I once did a, a running thing for Live Aid or something. Mm. So it's so I ran the world so for right. an afternoon. I did run run the world. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I should, I should, I'm a, ca- I'm a uh, viable candidate for the yeah. Tory party leadership. So, yeah, he te- he pulled out this this fake badge, this little plastic yeah. badge that he'd been given by a sheriff to say, you know, well done, Herschel. Thanks for doing a motivational talk for us. And yeah. the moderator basically said, now, now, Mr. Walker, you know the rules. <laughs> no props. We, you know, you very well know you're not yeah. allowed to have props. And he said, it's not a prop, yeah. it's real. And then he did put it away, and, and she was like, thank you for putting it away. You know, like a <laughs> like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. you're not supposed yeah. to have brought the bear into the... Yeah, and then he see. went on various talk shows after to <laughs> tell them how real his police badge was. And 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 then decided to to kind of double down on it by having thousands of fake police badges made that he can give out to people at his rallies or you know public appearances and so that they all so now that, become so that they're policemen. all equally policey as he is because yeah. they're all just like Not his at all. they're all yeah. fake police badges yeah yeah oh, I want it's amazing yeah so that's yeah. Herschel Walker. you can no longer get so, yeah we should apply to get some of those because you can no longer get <laughs> Liz in Liz we trust <laughs> merch. Yeah, can't get it anymore. No, I got it. Should have yeah. bought one at the time. I can, I can yeah. make one put on the merch store. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. <laughs> so unfortunately, that means you did not prevail this time, and you are still on forty-eight. The strategy. See, now you've you've 
planted the seed of the strategy, I'm going to have to spend the intervening time <laughs> going back through all the episodes uh-huh. and seeing which one came in just to convince myself that, well, it's bound to be this then in order to balance it out. Because let's face it, my strategy as of reading them through and applying intellect. Shall I tell you allegedly. an interesting no, aspect? That's going to no, an interesting me. aspect of my randomization is yeah. more recently, like over the last kind of, you know, few tens of episodes, I've, yeah. I've used a single dice. And if right. it comes up one or two, I put it in place number one. Three or four, it goes in place number two. Five or six goes in place number three. At the beginning, oh, there you go. Yeah, four up. years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. I considered that and thought, nah, it doesn't feel random enough. And so I did it with three <laughs> dice and I made a little table of all the possible numbers that could come up and how likely they were. Wow. And, put, yeah. and, and made columns where if, depending on which number came up, it was in that column. Because for oh some reason God. that felt more yeah. random. More random. But it's, I, it's not. It's is not. It, no. And then it's at, at just some point random. Went, this is stupid. It's just, it's just one <laughs> it's dice just is exactly random. the same. Full stop. So, yeah. so I now that do it. brilliant. I now do it the more logical way <laughs> yeah 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 which is to use a three-sided dice <laughs> yeah yeah it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called the 9th january 6th hearing was not a logical fallacy because we got potentially the last one they've kind of suggested yeah. it's the last one but they're definitely still working on their report that they're going to hopefully put yeah. out early December, Jamie Raskin has said. And, I mean, the big the, the big headline was that yeah. they voted at the end to subpoena Trump to get to uh, his, yeah. his uh, responses and his yeah. kind of hold him accountable for his actions yeah. that led to the events of January 6th. So if they do agree with him to do that, then mm-hmm. potentially there'll be another hearing, I guess. Be a tenth one, yeah, yeah. Um, and he has be a Christmas, a Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. he he has <laughs> said after initially kind of yelling at them and and saying how it's all yeah. a, a total bust and uh, yeah. and, and why rubbish. didn't you ask me before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Because you would have not, you would have denied it then. Yeah, it's a bit like the. Mar-a-Lago bust when he was going absolutely well, yeah. yeah well you should just ask me we did <laughs> <laughs> so he has claimed now that he will uh, appear if oh. that he gets to do it live on TV mm-hmm. so if they hold the if they do a live hearing then he yeah. will he will answer questions or he will at least appear right. he hasn't said he'll answer questions he might just take the fifth yeah. but yeah, and yeah. so there's some yeah. question of like should they Mm-hmm. go along with that because obviously he's going to turn it into a shit show i mean yeah they're, yeah, they're yeah. not going to be able to control him he's not going to no. respect their authority in any way no if they have a button that turns his microphone off maybe yeah. it could possibly be something they can contain a bit or, or at least if they put him like they do when they, when you have like a soundproof sus- suspect, yeah, yeah, like a soundproof booth with a camera, you know, a bit like the um, you know, the Big Brother diary room where they just stick him in there and yeah. then they could just cut the feed yeah. every now because that would be that would be worse for him than actually. It's a bit like the Mueller investigation when he was advised, and then they went, "No, yeah, you definitely can't there and you can't go yeah. there and talk to them live." Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it will, in a way, they must be weighing it up because they kind of go, well, that will be great because he would just hang himself. I mean, I think they there's every possibility they're going to try and Jack Nicholson him and get him to say, did, you know, did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the hearings have been very professional and very loyally and very responsible and, and to the point and sensible. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is the old playing chess with a pigeon, <laughs> just, just shits on the yeah. board, knocks the pieces <laughs> over and claims he's won. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, is that a good idea? I genuinely don't know. I think it would be amazing TV if they did it. And it would be good to, to just, cause what they, cause they're going to ask him a question and then he will deny it, and then they will play the video of him saying Doesn't it. Matter though, who won't into he the won't, room? I don't think he'll even deny it. He'll he'll just talk about Dominion and the massive dumps, yeah, and yeah. just he'll just yeah. say what he wants to say anyway, which yeah. which at the moment is reserved for his rallies, um, and yeah. and the people who go there. And the masochists like us who who watch them to yeah. <laughs> to find out to, what's to going dissect on, them. yeah, and, and to write similar um, things to them, yeah. But this would give him another opportunity to be on live TV in front of people yeah. who support him, and trying, also people who who, who are trying disagree to discredit the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think there's any chance that anything useful would come from it no but then i don't think there's any chance anything useful will come from it if they don't do it live either yeah if they tried to do a recorded deposition like they have with so many other witnesses yeah i think he'd probably just take the fifth for everything like mike flynn did like uh, roger stone did john eastman and then he'd claim it was edited yeah. anyway yeah yeah and it, it was all faked yeah so. so it would be yeah no, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Perhaps what they should do is get him there, then not ask him any questions. <laughs> Just get him there. Just start him of the oxygen of, of yeah, fame. Yeah, publicity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, don't give him a microphone. Don't put a camera on him. Don't ask him any questions. <laughs> and then just play, then to play a bit like, you know, kind of an yeah. episode of Star Trek where Q puts the human race on trial yeah. and just don't let him say anything. No yeah. defence. It's like someone who suggested yeah. a Big Brother series where they just put some kind of minor celebrities in a house and don't film it yeah <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. yeah just tell them that, yeah. tell them tell they're them going they're to be filmed. filmed yeah so that then we can get rid of them <laughs> yeah. off the airways uh -huh. for 10 weeks yeah yeah kind yeah, of that. great idea yeah yeah that. he absolutely <laughs> would have fallen for that in uh, there's yeah. there's so many times while he was president that we could have got rid of him for several days by telling him he was yeah. doing a kind of you oh, know multi-day conference thing it was actually in large part it was a summary of all of the stuff they've talked about so far they interspersed yeah. new things yeah kind of throughout but but yeah. what they did very very well i thought actually uh was that each one of the uh members of the panel took a, a a section and they kind of narratively told the process of what they discovered who they talked to what evidence they'd gathered sometimes yeah. they they showed emails on screen they showed some video clips of um, yeah. testimony that they've been given and they told the story 
bit by bit through each of the the nine of them they all did a great job of telling the story uh they were they came across naturally and authoritatively and they presented their evidence to back up what they were saying it wasn't just mm. kind of uh, you know um an assertion of of what yeah. had happened and how they'd found it out it was um backed up with evidence wherever possible and a lot and and some new things were shown particularly um they have received in fact around the time of the eighth hearing i think just within the kind of last the, the few days after the eighth hearing they got yeah. a lot of secret service documents mm-hmm. uh, which they hadn't had access to before and uh, so they showed a lot of the um exchanges of text messages and emails and correspondence among the secret service um that included quite a lot of um evidence that there were plans before january 6th that were known about and that the secret service had yeah. been tipped off about there was uh, an email shown um about the proud boys saying that they think they will have a large enough group to march into dc armed and will outnumber the police so they can't be stopped their plan is to literally kill people please please take yep. this tip seriously and investigate further um and yeah so several texts and emails like that um there was a um communication between a couple of agents at the point at which trump was tweeting about how he was disappointed with mike pence for not yep. doing what yep. he was supposed to do and the secret service uh were saying this is probably not going to be good for mike pence yeah uh, yeah 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 because they could because they knew what was going on uh and again we heard a lot about the the fact that on the day they were spotting weapons in the crowd uh that they were not letting yep. people through the magnetometers into the ellipse yep. um they showed a clip which i i don't remember them showing before although it was from trump's speech it was just i hadn't seen it in that context before and it was yep. of trump asking during his speech kind of to the secret service and to the to the security there saying can we can we get these guys can we get these people through the magnetometers on you know onto the into the mm. ellipse can we let my people in so that yeah, they can yeah, come yeah. closer yeah yeah and he was kind of cuz he'd already said that he'd already uh, from evidence that we'd heard from Cassidy Hutchinson um he had said you know fuck the magnetometers they're not here for me they're not here to hurt me uh, yeah, let yeah, yeah. let them in i don't basically uh, i don't yeah. care that they've yeah. got weapons yeah so he'd already been making that request and and in i for some reason i i felt a little more chilled that he was doing mm. it publicly during his speech in an attempt yeah. to pressure the the people who were tr- who were keeping him safe and supposed trying to keep yep. others safe yep. to do something he the knew was unsafe armed people in. Yeah. yes exactly yeah 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 so it was Yes, in that context, because, yeah, I remember hearing that clip before, but not understanding the context of it and thus the meaning of it. Yeah, so, you know, you kind of, some of his apologists will say, yeah, no, he doesn't mean all that. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So he's kind of, you know, I guess we'll let them in. He, why Why have we got magazines? Well, to stop fully armed people coming into the space. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, let them in. They'll be fine. And then I, because I'm planning behind my bulletproof glass to get them to walk down to the 
capital with their arms. So, yes, yeah, so let's get them all in because we we find out that, um, well, there was fr- some clips from uh, Stone being filmed saying, yeah, yeah, yep. so what we need to do is, you know, let's get right to the violence. Yeah, fuck the, the, the whole bit about voting, let's get right know, to the violence, he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And and also the strategy ahead of that saying, yeah, what we should do, yeah, even it's a bit up in the air, we're probably not going to win it, but what we should do is just claim that we did. Yeah. Yeah, that's a strategy that, according to Brad Pascal, who was um, working on Trump's campaign and I think became his social media guy, um, he, he said that Trump had planned to claim victory as early as July. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. so it was... And I'm not at all surprised because it was that far back that he was saying this election is going to be rigged and if, if we yeah. don't win, it's because they've stolen it and all of that stuff. So he was he was always laying the groundwork for that. He was always, um, even back then, arguing against mail-in voting and um, saying how it was unsafe and un, you know it would it would lead to cheating. And yeah. um, he was he was creating the situation where there would be this red mirage on election night, where all of the 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 uh, on the day voting would be counted before the mail-in ballots were being counted, knowing that his followers were going to be voting in person. Because mm. mm. that's what he kind of told them to do. Yeah. You know, and, and they're all the ones that are going, fuck COVID. Yeah. Let's go do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah. that allowed him to have this strategy that when he appeared to be winning on the night, he could say, well, clearly I've won. You know, you can stop counting now. <laughs> Yeah, stop counting. Yeah. We're ahead. We're uh-huh. not even at half time. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. That's it. I'm going to take the ball and go off the field yeah. uh, because we're ahead now. And it's just what is what's chilling was all the other clips of um, the various lawmakers and advisors mm-hmm. that were saying, "No, you can't dismiss and disparage the the voting systems." You know the. You, you can't do that because there's no evidence to support that. Yep. And, then, and then it would go three days later <laughs> and then he's doing exactly the same thing. And, it's, and you can't, just, you know, they, 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 oh, yeah, they're changing the chips in the machine. Yeah, so yeah. if you press, you press Trump, it votes Biden. It's just, and what's chilling about that, now that he's out of office, you can kind of see it for the malevolent... Yeah. Um, narcissism that it was. It's it's the it's the stuff that we've just seen or we are about to see with Bolsonaro mm-hmm. in Brazil, who can't believe that people are not voting for him. You know, it's gone to a runoff. He's not going to win it. You know, but what he described, what Trump himself described as banana republic stuff. It's it's horrific out of that taken away from that context so in a, in a way the whole presentation of that um you know prime time viewing up until episode 8 and then and then to tease us with the next one and then to show us this stuff we've we're yeah. that much further away and we're now living in a world where all of that stuff has been revealed and then to see some extra footage in the context of the um, Secret Service stuff that they've now um, made available. It ju- it is 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, juxta they, they juxtaposed it very well mm. of the 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 people who you know testified under oath, saying we had a meeting on this day, and this is what I told yep. him. I, you know, he knew that this was this was a thing that was not true, and then. Yep. Kind of almost with almost with a SpongeBob intertitle, you know, tw yeah. twenty seconds later. Later, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, there's him yeah. saying, you know, this is this is a real thing. Yeah. When he when yeah. we know he has been told it isn't true by someone he should trust, and yeah. is just being willfully ignorant or knowing yeah. it's not true and saying well, it deliberately anyway. Malevolent. Yeah, deliberate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the main other thing that came out was footage that had not been seen before mm. of the lawmakers on January 6th in their yeah. secure location that they had been kind of squirreled away to. Yeah, yeah. And essentially everyone except Trump making efforts to do something about quelling the insurrection. Yeah, yeah. Including Absolutely. particularly Pelosi and Chuck Schumer talking to the kinds of people they needed to talk to. The Secretary of Defense, yeah. the um, governor of Virginia, uh, Pelosi talked about talking to the mayor of D.C. Um, about yeah. getting the National Guard in, about getting uh, support from their police forces. And this is something which has been a, a, a line from the Republican Party over and over again over the course of the last, uh, well, year and a, almost two years. Um, yeah. That that you know it was Pelosi's responsibility to do something, and she didn't do anything about it. She didn't get you know she didn't call the National Guard. The, and yeah. and what we saw in that footage was that Mitch McConnell, Steve Scalise, uh, Kevin McCarthy, other people who have said this about Pelosi were there yeah. in the room, there when like she was a couple of feet away from them. her, yeah. looking yeah. at her doing it at the time. On the same call yeah. with the very people she's, they said she wasn't calling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, of course, the right-wing Twitter sphere has, yeah. has claimed that this is all a hoax. It's all CGI. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this yeah. is fake. They, it yesterday. they haven't yeah. mentioned why Mitch, Kevin and Steve Scalise would would agree to take part in faking it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Much less dress up in a mask yeah. and stand in a, in a room with Democrats. But their, yeah. their main argument initially is, oh, it's very convenient that she was being filmed when this was all happening, wasn't it? Oh, you know, what are the chances of that? The fact that she's being filmed means she knew this was going to happen. That, because she, de you know, she, okay. she set it up. She, because... I mean, yeah. they 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 nobody's got somehow, telephones with cameras. No, but yeah. they somehow ignore the fact that it it's unbelievably clear Trump called people to go to DC, like he he Trump and Bannon and all the others were saying, come to DC on the sixth, it it'll be wild. Did a yeah. did a thing, then said march down to the Capitol, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Pelosi did this. What the fuck? Yeah. But they yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah. They have that in their head, and they say yeah. she she did it, and that's why she's being filmed because she knew this was going to turn into something. And the reality is, it's not actually that people have phone cameras, although that's true. Yeah. The reality is, as we mentioned in our last episode, her daughter Alexandra is a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. And the the fucking transfer of power. On a day is that it... we knew in advance was going to be wild, yeah. 
that yeah. there was going to be a, all over a the rally. Twitter yeah, sphere. there was yeah. going to be a rally. Yeah. We knew there was going to be objections to it. Yeah, what, what, she was there. Place to be. She was yeah, there yeah. in DC filming her yeah. mum, and then yeah. got you know sent into the secure location with with the lawmakers. So that's yeah. why there was a professional documentary film crew there. Yeah. It was Alexandra yeah. Pelosi, whose job it is to do that shit. Yeah. Just just like there was a guy who was with the Proud Boys who was the the documentary filmmaker for the Proud yeah, Boys. Yeah. yeah. And so he was there. Of course he was there because he knew something was kicking off. Absolutely. So he was documenting the thing. Yeah, yeah. He was Ma- he many people were of, there as one of the documentary early filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. It's willful papering over of the truth, isn't it? In order to kind of get, what what would it take? For them to say, "Oh yeah, no, you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I they're being presented with uh, yeah. facts. It's really hard to tell, yeah. and and I think partly it's hard to tell because we are open to this to these arguments, and so when we watch this stuff, mm. it confirms the you stuff we go, already oh, think. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so it is very easy for us to look at this stuff and go, well, yeah, clearly, clearly Trump." did this and Roger Stone did this yeah, and yeah. Pelosi and Schumer or the, tried or to at do the very, something about it. Yeah, or at the very least, so that was happening at that time yeah. and this was also happening yeah. at that time. So, you know, we, we, yeah, we're persuaded to read it in a certain way. And, of course, if you're a right-wing bigot, then you're going to perceive it in a, in yeah. a, through a different lens. All the excuses yeah. you can for it. Yeah. Yeah, and if those excuses don't work, you can ignore stuff. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be objective about it. I I believe that Trump was fully responsible, and yeah. and the evidence that I have seen in watching the um, committee hearings has absolutely confirmed what I already believed. In my yeah. opinion, that's because I was right. When I when I thought Trump was responsible for it, and so naturally the evidence that has been presented confirms reality. But I recognise that that's exactly what you think if you have some cognitive bias um, and you know confirmation bias about things that um, that confirm the things you already think. I again, I'm not claiming to be objective about it, but I do try to make to to critically evaluate the stuff that also confirms the things i already think i yeah. you know you can know there's, there's a there's a limit to the extent that you can realistically do that because especially when <laughs> again this is cognitive bias especially when you're right if <laughs> if you are yeah if you yeah. know because there is an objective truth if that yeah. aligns with your beliefs and the evidence that you're presented, of course that evidence is going to confirm what you believe because it is showing you the objective truth. Um, But I think, yeah, I think the key word there is objective. If it's an objective truth, see what the, what the right maintains in this context is that there, there are no such things as objective truths. There is no such thing as a fact. Mm. Everything is an opinion. Everything is up for, interpretation well you're bound to see that as that because you're this particular leaning and i and and it's not true like that this is what it actually means but then when but when you're presented with 
timed evidence of here's Pelosi with Schumer on the phone to the Attorney General saying, why don't you talk to the fucking president and get him to, to call them off? Yeah. Whilst there are people smashing windows and pushing over police officers and trying to kill people. Yeah. The only way that they can excuse that is to say, yes, I can see that there is footage of a massive crowd pushing up against a tunnel of policemen. But you see, that crowd, they're not Trump supporters. Yeah. They are Antifa, the anti-growth coalition. They're Antifa dressed up as Trump supporters. That, and then you then you go, OK, I see you've moved the goalposts. I see your Trump supporters dressed up. I raise you. Filmed evidence from their <laughs> telephones, yeah, with with the with the timestamps on it, and their parking receipts, yeah, and and the <laughs> fact that their face is exactly the same as their face on their Proud Boys profile. I'm not saying there isn't a huge amount of evidence that suggests we're right about this, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that it's important to remember that somehow some people look at this and see it differently. Yeah. Um they're seeing something I'm not seeing or they're ignoring stuff I am seeing. Yes. Exactly. It would be it would be uh, interesting, I guess, to you know in a kind of Louis through um uh Sasha Baron Cohen kind of way to sit down with somebody and say Yeah, talk me through me, your thought process. Explain to me how you're getting yeah. to that conclusion. Yeah. 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 It would be. Um Yeah. I think it'd be scary more than interesting. Yeah, I think we, you know, we'd last about five distance. minutes before we, before our head turned white and we're running out of the door screaming. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. kind of thing that Marsh does on Be Reasonable, and I just, mm. I every time I listen to it, I think I don't, I, I honestly yeah. don't know how he does it. No, I, I it, couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't keep my patience for that long. No, I could. Yeah, I could. It's very impressive from being from from committing grievous bodily harm <laughs> much of the time. Yeah, it just wanted to go, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> shut up yeah. and slap them. And my podcast will be two minutes long. It's just going to go, so why is the earth round yeah. flat? Go, oh, well, it's, oh, shut <laughs> up. Shut your festering cake hole. <laughs> and then there would just be a you sound of a... Make <laughs> you make me sick. You make me sick. And next week on, yeah, let's approach the uh, the prejudice. Yeah, we'll be talking to us. Will you shut up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Right, it's been a long week, and we had to watch some Matt Walsh videos for the Patreon bonus the other day. So this week, I'm only doing good news stories. I'll start with an update on the Venezuelan migrants who were used as political props by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who looks like the guy who gets bitten by a vampire and keeps it secret from the rest of the group. You'll no doubt remember that DeSantis and his minions flew the 50 migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard and messed with their paperwork in a transparent attempt to get many of them deported. Well, it looks like his stunt might have backfired a bit. Texas Sheriff Javier Salazar has submitted some federal paperwork certifying that these migrants were victims of a crime, since this means that they are assisting law enforcement and need to be available as witnesses during the investigation, they're now eligible to apply for special visas reserved specifically for victims of or witnesses to crimes. If the applications are granted, they'll be able to stay in the US for four years while they start the journey towards citizenship. Thanks, Ron. Nice. 
Having spent some time immersed in the pool that Matt Walsh sits in so long now, his skin's all puckered, and try to figure out how he takes a normal thing and spins it to appeal to his right-wing spume-flecked angry mob followers for money each day, well, he's somehow got to maintain the lifestyle his $4.9 million YouTube earnings have afforded him, I guess. It really comes as no surprise that fellow pool scum Sean Hannity on Fox News managed to try to wring a tiny acidic drop of hate from an exclusive voicemail he'd obtained of Joe Biden talking to Hunter. Dun, dun, da! Laptops, Russia, dodgy deals, you may ask. And then he played it. And Biden simply says to Hunter, It's Dad. I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. You've got to get some help. I don't know what to do. I know you don't either. I'm here no matter what you need. I love you. Sheesh! What a monster! Impeach him now, ringing up your son like that at the very moment he's going through hell with drug addiction. Call yourself a loving father! And, and Well, yeah, everybody in the entire Twitter sphere did exactly that and called him a great guy for demonstrating nothing but unconditional love, even in the face of not knowing what to do to help. Of course, that's exactly what Hunter, as with anyone going through trauma, actually needed. The reassurance of unconditional love does help. Writer Paul Rudnick tweeted, It's not only inspiring, it's something no Republican has ever said to their child which is how you end up with the bitter emptiness of Trump and Fox News. As we found out from Mary Trump's book, unconditional love is just something Trump never had. So he and his toadying acolytes can't see the value of it. And that's just the thing, you can't buy that. So Donnie's not interested, nor owns any. Early in-person voting has started in Georgia, and the good news is that turnout on the first day was massively up over the last midterms, with 131,000 voters showing up at the polls compared to only 71,000 on day one in 2018. Of course, somewhere close to 50% of those voters have probably cast a ballot for Herschel Walker, a man I'm pretty sure is two third graders dressed as a Senate candidate and as an elaborate prank. Damn it, I said good news only. Sorry. Given the vital importance of these midterms, such a huge initial turnout is great, especially since higher turnouts are likely to favour Democrats, and especially, especially, since this is happening despite Republicans' attempts to make it harder to vote. It's a good sign, but this is not the time to get complacent. The pressure needs to stay high, momentum needs to be maintained. So whether you're in Georgia or a state with competent Senate candidates from both parties, I mean, there must be a couple, right? They can't all be people like Herschel, Marco Rubio, Blake Masters, J.D. Vance, Dr. Oz, Ron Johnson. Holy shit, there's a lot of them, though. Anyway, wherever you are, don't forget to fucking vote. Yes. Apparently, in the Republican world, hurricanes only go to wreak havoc where you tell them to. For example, Trump and his Sharpie making the weather go where he said it would, like the canute he is. And now Florida man Ron DeSantis seems to be able to have allowed only the Republican-leaning counties of Florida to be battered sufficiently by Hurricane Ian to warrant a relaxation of the voting rules to accommodate the difficulties people are having in the aftermath. Voting rights groups had previously asked the governor to extend the statewide voting registration deadline, which ended on Tuesday, and to add more early voting days, as well as implement other accommodations, including extended early voting days and the ability for voters to send mail-in ballots from addresses not listed in voting records. DeSantis, you'll be pleased to know 
did agree to those accommodations to make it easier for voters to vote in Lee and Charlotte and Sarasota counties. Yeah, but not in Orange County, because miraculously, DeSantis guided the hurricane around it. No, don't be silly. It's because Orange County votes Democrat. Duh. Of course, DeSantis said the decision to only accommodate three counties was based on the collective feedback of the supervisors of elections across the state and at the written requests of the supervisors of elections in Charlotte, Lee and Sarasota counties. But Jasmine Burney-Clark, founder of voter rights organisation Equal Ground, said that the decision to exclude other counties will remain yet another example of Governor DeSantis defranchising voters. Yeah, Way to make hurricanes veer to the right, Ron. Special counsel John Durham, who failed spectacularly in his multi-year investigation trying to find anything to pin on Hillary Clinton, was in court last week prosecuting Igor Danchenko for lying to the FBI during the Russia investigation. Danchenko is the second and final person indicted by John Durham, the first being lawyer Michael Sussman, who was acquitted back in May. Durham called senior FBI intelligence analyst Brian Orton to testify against Danchenko and was probably a bit upset when his own witness said that he considered Danchenko truthful and helpful to the FBI's Russia probe, that securing him as a source was beneficial to the agency and that Durham had misleadingly cherry-picked material that he wrote. This slightly undercut the allegations that Danchenko lied repeatedly to the FBI and impeded their investigation – and led to Durham trying to impeach his own witness on redirect by asking about the time he'd been recommended for suspension by the FBI. This shit show was probably a factor in the subsequent acquittal of Danchenko on all charges, leaving Durham with nothing whatsoever to show for a three and a half year investigation. It's almost like the Russia investigation was legitimate and not a witch hunt predicated on lies. Fancy that. <laughs> This was the moment three days ago when Senator Dale Lee Agsby plunged his campaign into crisis. So runs the opening of a segment of Brass Eye, a BBC comedy show from 1997, which used the news format to brutal satirical effect. It's part of the episode called Sex, which purports to cover a US election campaign on the part of Agsby, which gets interrupted when he releases several arcs of liquid silk from the fleshy nozzle of his fork during a televised rally. Brilliantly done, looks exactly like news and ridicules television coverage and US politics in one fistful, as it were. 25 years later, and Randy Kaufman, yes, his real name, a GOP candidate running for an Arizona College District's governing board, was arrested on a charge of public sexual indecency after an officer allegedly caught him masturbating in his truck near a preschool. And there we have all the elements of a Chris Morris brass eye script, except, of course, it's real. Although Randy Kaufman was arrested on October 4th, he only suspended his campaign on Tuesday 18th following media reports of his arrest. I fucked up, he told the arresting officer, whose report also includes the excellently deadpan. I immediately became alarmed as I saw Kaufman was manipulating his genitals in a masturbatory manner. In a Facebook post from May, Kaufman had said he wanted our children protected from the progressive left, obviously not from the masturbatory right, and it seems the Maricopa County Recorder's Office tacitly agrees, as despite the charge, it says it's too late for Kaufman's name to be removed from the ballot, and some people have already voted early. Yeah, insert a joke about coming too early, I don't (laughs) know, in there. Well, That's all right, just so long as Randy continues, as he says, to 
never stop fighting to protect the United States Constitution and the values that make America the greatest country in the world. Yeah, them's the values. In my final piece of good news, a Trump supporter had a very bad day. Back in 2020, Dennis Moller of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, claimed that he had been the victim of a politically motivated attack when his camper was set on fire and his garage door was spray-painted with graffiti that said Biden 2020, BLM and an Antifa symbol. But it turns out Moller had actually destroyed his own property in a medal-worthy example of performative victimhood which could not more accurately encompass today's GOP unless his middle name was Vladmirovich, which actually it is. <laughs> anyway... Dennis submitted insurance claims in excess of $300,000 and started a GoFundMe so that he could add grifting to his Republican credentials. And I'm happy to say that last week he pleaded guilty to wire fraud, which could carry a sentence of up to four years. Naturally, right-wingers condemned this in the same strong terms they used when Jussie Smollett faked a hate crime and blamed it on Trump supporters. No, of course they didn't. In fact, when he gets out, they'll probably elect him senator or something because we live in a hellscape and nothing fucking matters anymore. Damn it, well, I tried. It was very close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Only 44 days after she'd taken office and seven days after she visited King Charles for her weekly meeting and who greeted her with... Your Majesty, lovely to see you again. Thank you, dear. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Dear, oh dear. Anyway. Yep, back again, dear, oh, dear. Anyway. And the same seven days after she sacked Quasi Kwarteng for agreeing with her that the mini-budget was a good thing, although the pound disagreed and fell through the floor, and so she appointed Jeremy, often misnamed on the media c- c- hunt, as Chancellor, who then reversed everything she'd agreed with Quasi about. And a mere five days since newspaper, the Daily Star set up a webcam looking at a 49 pence lettuce with the question, who will last longer? Our lettuce or Liz Truss. And a mere day since she she said she was a fighter, not a quitter in Prime Minister's questions. Said Liz Truss has resigned as Prime Minister. Yay. This followed the resignation of her Home Secretary, Cruella Braverman, whose dreams of repatriating refugees to Rwanda will now not be realised. And it isn't the fault of the tofu-eating Guardian reading Wokarati after all. And this followed frenzied scenes of MPs being forced physically against their will through the door marked no in a vote to ban fracking again. The ban already enacted by the Tories several years ago, as it was seen as a potential vote of no confidence in Liz Truss's governments if they didn't. In reacting to these scenes, Deputy Chief Whip the man responsible for persuading MPs to tow the party line reportedly resigned. German TV news presenter Annette Dittert covered how he said he was feeling. Woraufhin dann der stellvertretende Fraktionschef das Parlament mit den Worten verließ, I'm fucking furious and I don't fucking care anymore. Ich übersetze das jetzt mal nicht, aber das ist eine Partei, wo wirklich... Brilliantly, she says in German, I'd rather not translate that afterwards. <laughs> On a sweary side note, Krishna Gurumurthy was heard on a hot mic after MP Steve Baker shouted at him down the length of Downing Street following his interview with him. Thanks a lot, Steve. It wasn't a stupid question, Steve. You know it. I'm very happy to go up against you on trust any day. <laughs> what a cut. <laughs> Baker didn't hear it. 
and it wasn't broadcast, but Christian apologised on Twitter anyway, and Steve Baker graciously accepted, though many people, of course, simply retweeted it. For instance, Fact Check UK adding fact by searching news stories of the past several years and perusing Mr Baker's voting record on www.theyworkforyou.com. We can confirm Steve Baker MP is, in actual fact, a cunt. <laughs> so, what next for Blighty? A new leadership election, though this time they won't even bother the 0.3% of the public they hounded about it last time, restricting the vote to MPs and not the party membership. In the absence of a general election, as of course that's not in the best interests of the Tories, there will be a closing down sale of the UK, followed by a series of appeal messages on the wireless asking for international support during this difficult time, before the whole miserable and rundown province is demolished to make way for Airstrip 1. Send help. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they like our podcast. Then you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our newest patrons, Peter G, Brian and Mark Badillion, our strawman level patron Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, our true Scotsman's level patrons Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, Max Beaver, Janet Uessa and Steve Bickle. Thanks for the pledge increase, Stephen, by the way. And our top patron, Lauren. Many thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for your support. It really does you can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.